my family first, economy, infrastructure, the hospitality and the culture. And you always feel safe in the city. The buck stops with the banks. And I think for me, it's a massive eye opener. Why did you choose Property Finder? Ultimately, what we're trying to do is understand what is the customer's priorities. All right, let's uh, let's dive into our favorite subject, mortgages. Your bank isn't going to give you that full information, that transparency. They can only talk about their own offering. Do you think it's fair to compare Dubai to London or New York or San Francisco? There is a, an awareness issue, clearly, and there's also a consumer trust issue. There's a natural evolution that I see happening in Dubai, which I think is incredibly positive. So I can't just sit here and not have a discussion with you as a, as a consumer and just send you an option and proceed with an application without justifying why that lender or why that product in specific is the best option for you. You pay 10% less in Dubai than you do in London. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Home Finders, a podcast brought to you by Property Finder. I'm your host, Mohamed Kaswani. Today, we've got a very interesting subject where we're going to talk to you about moving from the UK and the rest of Europe to the UAE. We have one of our very own, Sam Amidi, who leads mortgage advisory at Property Finder and has recently moved here what, three months ago now, Sam? Just, yeah, just over three months. Ah, terrific. Sam, welcome to the podcast. Thank, Thank you for you. joining us. Thank you for having Very me Very excited on. to be talking to you today. Likewise. Uh, because, you know, we don't get to spend enough time together in the office, so uh, we, we do a bit more of it here, maybe. No, yeah, you're, you're always tied up in your room whilst I'm uh, having to manage the floor. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. So um, thanks for making the time for this. So what we want to talk about is what we're realizing is tens of thousands of people are moving to the UAE particularly from the UK, but also from the rest of Europe. Yeah. But when it comes to the UK, you're a subject matter expert. You've been here for three months. So, uh, you know, the experience of the move to the country is very much fresh on your mind. Um, you also happen to be a subject matter expert on home buying because you've been in the mortgage industry for 10 years. Um, I know I've been looking for you for many, many years. So, um, you know, it's very good that we have you here on the team. So there are a few things that I want to talk to you about. So starting with, tell me about the decision factors, you know, what was it that led you to say, I'm going to move to the UAE? Yeah, so it's, um, for me, it's an interesting uh, move to, to come to the UAE. So initially, when I decided to make the move, obviously, it come out of the blue, which was obviously contact from Property Finder. Um, so let me just kind of take it back a, a few years. So about eight years ago, I initially wanted to, to come to Dubai. Um, so when I was in the financial industry about 10 years ago, which is when I entered the, the mortgage industry, um, after about two years, for me, when I'd come on holiday to Dubai, there was this real good feeling factor that I enjoyed about the culture. Now, bear in mind, I was only on holiday for two weeks. But since then, I regularly do travel to the UAE. Um, and one That's thing right, you're an doing, MMA referee. I am an MMA referee. So I travel to Abu Dhabi. I work with some of the biggest promotions kind of around the world. And one of them is obviously in the UAE. Mm. Um, I'm quite fortunate to have traveled out here a good number of times. And every time I have traveled out here, I've been more and more intrigued about trying to move out here. So as, as well as, you know, dipping my toes in the country a good number of times, um, for me, the culture felt right the timing of it felt right to, to kind of bring my family out here 
Um, obviously, Property Finder contacted me um, with everything that's going on in terms of the economy in the UK. I thought the opportunity is the right time. My kids are growing up for me to give them that safety blanket that I don't feel I had in the UK compared to what I get here, as well as the hospitality, the culture. I'd say one of the key things is obviously the weather, which in the UK, it's, it rains 80% of the time, whereas here, I mean, I, I came in the summer period, which was probably the wrong time for me to come and experience. That's uh, right, you joined summer. us. Was it so beginning of July when Beginning of us. July, yeah. So I melted, literally melted. <laughs> I remember. Do you remember? Yeah. So um, I remember every day looking at you and saying, I promise the weather is going to be nice. Improve. Just it give it a improve. few weeks. And it, and it has, and it has. I can't <laughs> complain. So as I said, for me, it, it was, you know, there has been a build up. There's always been interest um, since the past eight years. And as I said, the opportunity arose. Um, obviously, you know, speaking to yourself, looking at the culture, the diversity we got within Property Finder was kind of a key factor and important part of my decision making, as well as giving my family a better quality of living. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to understand from the perspective of a family man, right? yes. uh, moving here from London to Dubai, both, you know, major global cities, both diverse cities. Um, you know, if you were to, let's say, categorize uh, or prioritize in order of priorities uh, the decision factors. Was it the lifestyle? Was it you know safety for your family? Was it the schools? Um, what was the the top factor? Was it the you know working at property finder? Was it working with the you know was it the people? What was it? It was you. <laughs> <laughs> no, so for me it, it certainly was. Um, I, I love you too. The, <laughs> the, the the economy obviously in the UAE is for me it's, it's a growing economy. It's, it's pretty clear. Um, there's more and more investment in the UAE region, which is is great to see. And you know, not just from the perspective of external investors, but internally, you know, the government are investing really hard in the infrastructure of the economy. And for me you can kind of clearly see the culture, you know, I'm comfortable knowing that if my kids wanted to go to the beach, for instance, here, which you can't really go often in the UK due to the weather, but I have that comfort element that they can go by themselves because they're a little bit older without me having to worry and stress, are they safe or not? Yeah. And for me, if I'm looking at it in terms of ranking and order as to, you know, my priorities as to why I moved here, my family first, economy, infrastructure, the hospitality, and the culture. Mm. They, we have great food in the UAE. The food is good, to be right. fair. I mean, to be fair, the, the, the restaurant scene in London is is amazing. So um, you don't compromise much, I guess, by by coming here to, to Dubai from, uh, from London. Probably, no, probably not. And it is, to be fair, look, I mean, the, the weather, I know um, a lot of my British friends, they talk about the weather. Um, but it's also the cleanliness of the city that I don't see True. anywhere else in no. the world, right? Um, no. And just the and and I agree, by the way, on the safety factor. You know, my family and I talk about this all the time. Is this really is incredibly unique about Dubai? How blessed we are that you know, man, woman, young, old, child, you can be out and about midnight, post midnight, two, three o'clock in the morning, and you always feel safe in the city. And I think it's it's absolutely phenomenal. You're right. Yeah. 100% um, agree. Well, I'm very glad that we have you here. Um, of all the companies in the world, why did you choose Property Finder? 
I mean, your first impression was was a starting factor for me. Um, <clears throat> I mean, look, I, I've done a I've done a bit this of research. This is not the flatter Mohammed. This isn't podcast. the flatter Mohammed. But no, in in all seriousness, <laughs> uh, in all seriousness, I've done a bit of research in the market and. Um, Property Finder itself is obviously a really known household name. Um, there is a great culture, and, and it wasn't just speaking to you, but it was actually speaking to different stakeholders within the mm. business. And as you're aware, I went through like a rigorous interviewing process with a number of individuals. And each one of them gave me that sense of feeling that there's a family environment, you know, that we're all in this together. And for me, that's important, you know, because... The way I look at where I work is it's like your second family. You're with the individuals within the business than you are more with your own family. Uh, I'm sure my wife will probably want to disagree on that. Um, but, <laughs> no, but I love hearing true. this because this is not, you know, funny enough, this is not the kind of conversation that we would have in the office. No. Uh, we had to come on a podcast for me to ask you the question of, yeah. why, why did you end up choosing us after yeah. all? So um, very, very happy to have you on the team. Now, um, let's double click a little bit into some of the practical stuff, yep. right? Um, and, and maybe talk about cost of living, right? Now, it, I hear a lot of people drawing comparisons about Dubai versus other global cities. And to be fair, I always think, look, there's no question that Dubai ranks amongst, you know, the top 10, top 20 major global cities around yes. the world. Um, and if you want to compare cost of living to the Dubai, to Dubai, first of all, do you think it's fair to compare Dubai to London or New York or San Francisco? Um, I mean, I'd say Dubai is in its own bubble uh, when it comes to cost of living. There's certainly areas what, that I look at where I feel um, Dubai certainly comes across slightly cheaper. But then at the same time, there's also the lifestyle that you can easily get attracted mm. to, which can become a little bit expensive here, um, as we like to call it, that bougie lifestyle. <laughs> um, but I, I learned say, that word from my kids not long ago. Oh, did way. you? Bougie. <laughs> well, <laughs> kids will probably laugh if they see yeah. this. Um, so as I said, you know, if, if you're kind of comparing it on a cost by cost basis, it's pretty much on par to an extent. But then again, it comes down to how you want to live that lifestyle. You know, you can live a very expensive lifestyle, which you can also do in London or New York, for instance, as you can do in Dubai. Mm. Now, the, I, I think... And we spoke about this, uh, you know, you and I um, extensively before. And, and I think what we are concluding in, in, you know, with, with proper research is that on a tax-adjusted basis, your cost of living in Dubai isn't that distant from your cost of living in other major global cities. I think the one key factor that we debated was schooling. Yes. Right? Um, so you save tremendous amounts of money on income tax yes. versus what you would, you know, pay in most company, most countries in Europe, mm -hmm. um, even in the US, you know, uh, outside of a tax exemption. But um, there's significant savings that you get on, on the tax-free income, yes. right? But then, uh, you know, it's almost, and I think when we compared housing, uh, we also realized that your housing cost is on par. Yes. But what we keep concluding is, yes, on a two-bedroom apartment, median two-bedroom apartment in London versus median two-bedroom apartment in Dubai, pretty much on par. The only difference is the apartment in Dubai is much nicer. Much right? nicer. <laughs> and you get a swimming pool. <laughs> and you get a swimming pool, you, you get, get a gym, pool. you get access to the metro, yeah. you get all of these amenities. Yeah. Um, so would, would you say, 
when you were to compare Dubai versus London, um, is it a uh, is it within the same cost of living? Is it an upgraded lifestyle? Is what you're saying? Well, one hundred percent. I mean, so whilst you are making the tax savings for someone like me, I'm a family man. Those tax savings will naturally go towards the school fees because here mm -hmm. you have to apply for private schooling as an expat. But what you're doing is you're getting an upgrade on that schooling. So I've actually went to view a couple of schools uh, over the past few days. I was actually at one this morning. And the facilities and, and what you're paying for is by far above, it's even by far above what you get in terms of private schooling in the UK. So oh, in wow. the UK, so you we're not go, comparing about against uh, public schools. We're no, comparing so even if we were to compare against public schools, which, as I said, naturally, you know, in the UK, you pay quite a high amount of taxes. Your mm -hmm. kids can obviously go to public schools, but even on a comparison to private schooling, and the reason why I can talk about this is because I've taught in a private school before mm. as a primary school teacher, which um, you might not be aware of. Um, I thought you so, went MMA, then, no, then so mortgages. I used to be a teacher, so I used to be a teacher first. I'll uh, try not to hold the, that the MMA against was you. A hard, yeah, try not to hold it against <laughs> um, And I've worked in a private school, and as I said, you know, just getting a glimpse and a feel of the schools here is by far ahead of what we had in the UK. So whilst the tax savings I'm making is, is going to go towards paying for the school fees, I'm more than happy to pay that knowing that my kids are going to have a better quality of living and a better education system. But when it comes to school, the, the spectrum of cost, you know, I mean, it could, you know, range from X to 3X, right? Yes. From the schools that you're touring, um, are you seeing, a, you know, reasonably good standards in, um, you know, let's say at the, at the lower or mid-range of, of school costs? Or is what you're talking about only the, you know, sort of exclusive, fancy, big name private schools? No, I think, um, I mean, when you compare- What I'm saying is an average, what, what's your impression of the average private school in, in Dubai? If you in like. Dubai. So for me, what you're paying for, mm. you're getting a lot for your money when it comes to private schooling. So whilst it feels it's quite expensive, and bear in mind, you know, not every individual that's gonna move over from the UK or any other parts of Europe is going to come with a family, you know? So for a lot of people, they'll come single or as a couple, they will benefit from the tax savings massively, improve their lifestyle um, and not have to obviously pay the additional costs that I'm having to pay. Um, but as I said, in terms of the schooling, the value you get for your money, in my view, and as I said, it's early indications, hmm. I think it's well worth the uplift you get in the quality. So did that. you take, did you take the girls or the kids to <clears throat> the schools? Yes. What was what was their impression? Well, trying to keep the little one uh, quiet was was a bit <laughs> difficult. Um, so for the older ones, so obviously I've got an older boy and uh, a twelve year old daughter as well as well as a five year old daughter. Uh, my daughter, if I'm going to look at her impression, the twelve year old was she was very impressed. Um, mm. She gravitated to the school, the culture. Um, and again, it's very diverse because Dubai is a very diverse city. Mm. And I think that's, for me, is what I love is that it kind of embeds from such a young age to when they grow up here. And I think that's important, you know. And the curriculums would be the same as the British curriculum. curriculum the, yeah, British. but the, 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 the added benefit here you get is obviously as a second language, they do Arabic. Oh, that's terrific. Yes. Okay, that's very good. All right, let's, uh, let's dive into our favorite subject, mortgages. Right now, 
after 10 years in the mortgage business yes. in, the U- in, in the UK, and you've worked with what, the biggest brands in UK mortgages. Yes. You worked for Habito, for Better.com, for, um, I think, Countrywide, and a bunch of the, the big mortgage leaders. Yes. What was your first impression when, you, you know, and I know we talked about this in the office, but yeah. um, let's say first impression that you went back <clears> home <throat> with, um, something that you hesitated to tell me early on, but now that we're more comfortable yeah. uh, of, of the local mortgage scene. How long do we have to, to go through this? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, it's, um, I won't lie. It's, it's a very, um, it's not a mature market like the UK and the US, um, which are kind of, you know, years ahead of where we are in the UA in terms of processes. There's no kind of arguing that there's a a lot of manual processes that are still involved in today's industry, in the mortgage industry, in particular, mainly with the banks itself. Mm. Um, So whilst you can refine and simplify a process for our users and customers to try and make that journey as seamless as possible, the buck stops with the banks. And I think for me, it's a massive eye-opener when it's obviously a growing industry and I struggle to understand why banks haven't progressed their own processes since mortgages became a thing for expats in 2000. You know, I, I spoke about this openly uh, with one of the leading banks in the country. They'd yeah. invited me. Um, they'd invited me on a panel <clears throat> to talk about mortgages, and I drew um, I drew parallels from my experience in the U.S., which was back between 2003 and 2008, 2007, yeah. eight. Um, and I told them openly, I said, look, the, the you know, U.S. mortgage industry was far more digital 15 years ago than, than the UAE mortgage industry is today. So I do agree that we have, a, we have a very long way to go. I think it's great that we have a mature legal framework agree, right, yeah. for mortgage real estate digital transactions where buyers from, you know, expat buyers can feel comfortable that their rights are protected, their ownership rights are protected, that there's... There's a regulatory body behind uh, behind mortgages. Yes, can regulations and bank practices be a bit more advanced? Absolutely. Yes. Um, but uh, I absolutely agree with you. We have a very long way to go. Now, speaking of which, um, one of the key differences that I noticed when I joined Property Finder a couple of years ago uh, is in the U.S., nearly 80% of all mortgages originated um, uh, are done by intermediate channels, yes. right? Not banks. What What is it in the UK? So in the UK, it's very similar. It's around about the 80 to 85% mark, and wow. that's going to continue to grow because the so banks want it, to go through intermediate channels. But in Dubai, you know, it's, it's almost the opposite. I think, if I'm not wrong, about 60 plus percent of mortgages in the UAE yeah. are originated directly by the banks. So... You know, consumers don't go to brokers or intermediate channels or mortgage advisors. They go straight to to the banks. Why Why do you think that is? What's your impression as a newcomer? I think uh, my impression is it's, it's an awareness issue. And naturally, when you're quite new to um, kind of your new surroundings in a new country, you will probably gravitate towards going directly to your bank first to try and find that information and rather than going out there to research the market or speaking to an intermediary who can give you that full advice um, and actually give you access to everything in the market because your bank isn't going to give you that full information, that transparency. They can only talk about their own offering. Mm. 
Now, for me, there is a, an awareness issue, clearly. And there's also a consumer trust issue. Um, because, as I said, you know, mortgages have become a thing since 2002 for expats in the UAE. Um, and it's, it's still a very immature market at the moment. And it's we are moving into more of a mature market, but it's still kind of really early. And, and we need to kind of educate the consumers out there that this service does exist. Mm. It's a free service from us, it is anyways. Um, and you need to utilize it because it's only designed to be able to save you money and give you the right advice um, on going with the best bank. So, you know, Mortgage Finder has been in the business, uh, in the mortgage industry for 20 years yep. since mortgages were first allowed to expats. And Property Finder acquired this business um, 2015. Yeah. Right. Since then, particularly in the last three to four years, dozens of new intermediate mortgage channels are entering uh, are entering the space. Yes. And it's a good thing because I think it promotes the concept of mortgage advisory, which is something we like to see at Property Finder because what it does is it means that consumers are more empowered, they have Correct. more choice, um, you know, they have more advice, they have more, more support. I'm going to put you on the spot and ask you a question. Yes. You're sitting in London, right, working with Better. You, you know, let's say, you know what international best practice and mortgages is, right? I'm sure you spoke and interacted or engaged with various other players in the mortgage business. Yes. Why choose to lead mortgage advisory um, at Mortgage Finder? So for me, your values align with the values that I have, which is ensuring that we do right for the customer, okay? So customer first for me is, is, is huge because it's our customers are the individuals that keep us going, okay? Keeps our business afloat. So by doing right for our customers, which unfortunately the practice is out in the, in the UAE because it's not a regulated environment, whereas us internally have implemented our own kind of regula regulatory framework to ensure that the consumer receives the best advice and actually we don't benefit ourselves by going with a bank that's going to pay us the most. Mm. For me, it aligns massively with my values. And interestingly, some of the, the, the kind of real estates we've been speaking to actually in the last couple of days are also aligned to, to some of those values as well, which for them is important. You know, they don't want to just sign up with any broker out there in the industry, they want to work with a broker or an intermediary. That's terrific. You know, I think Sam, and, and I'll give you my perspective on this, yeah. is uh, there's a natural evolution that I see happening in Dubai, which I think is incredibly positive. And it's one of the many reasons why I'm a very strong believer in the city, is um, the real estate business yeah. is a people business, right? It's a relationship business, Correct. right? in most mature markets, right? That's how real estate professionals uh, behave and interact. I think back in its nascent days or early days, people used to take a transactional approach yes. to real estate, um, you know, when engaging with their clients. I think more and more of us, right, are taking a relationship approach. Because look, in, in financial services or even real estate, because real estate is quite often the largest transaction that one makes, right? Building that relationship of trust, right, gives you longevity in the industry. And I see, right. I'm very happy to hear that more and more 
of our real estate partners are also you know, celebrating these best practices yes. and making sure that consumers are getting the best advice. So it, let's talk through, let's say, the cycle of a mortgage and draw comparisons between here and the UK. Yeah. Product selection, right? So a, a, a home buyer sends an inquiry to a property finder, right? Um, asking about mortgages and a member of your advisory team mm -hmm. um, gets on the phone and speaks to that home buyer. Yes. <clears throat> the first question usually, and, and I understand that, you know, your advisors ask a series of questions. They understand that borrower situation, what they're looking for, the home they're looking to buy, their income, their other debts, et cetera, et cetera. And then the end result is a product recommendation or yes. this is the mortgage that we believe is right for you. How is that process different between what you see at Mortgage Finder um, or let's say the wider mortgage advisory business in the UAE and how uh, you know practice was in the UK? So I think the, the difference between the, the UAE and obviously the UK is with the UK, it's a heavily regulated environment. I mean, it's, it's very heavy um, and rightfully so because the consumer needs an element of protection which is something that is lacking in the UAE in general, across the board. Um, but in terms of the actual processes ourselves and what we generally followed, and, and this is why I'm quite aligned with the way that we work in Mortgage Finder and how we service our customers, is it's very similar. We do an element of fact finding to understand the customer's needs and circumstances, and we make the advice based on the most cheapest and suitable product for the consumer, mm. okay? So is it always the lowest rate that you would look for? Not necessarily. Mm -hmm. um, whilst we'll always try and find the consumer the cheapest product, there could be a need that the customer wants a slightly quicker bank, or there could be a requirement that the customer wants a certain facility, like an offset facility in their product, which means we'll have to look at and divert towards a different lender. Ultimately, what we're trying to do is understand what is the customer's priorities, and make sure we advise them accordingly based on what is suitable for them. One of the areas, Sam, that you know I personally obsess with, yeah. right, is, um, and, you know, we've built all kinds of systems and processes within our mortgage business to ensure that unbiased advice yes. happens at scale. So I know with my eyes closed, when we get an inquiry, no matter who that uh, borrower speaks to, I know that they're going to get the best advice. Correct. How is that governed in the UK versus, so for example, what I'm saying is in the UAE, we do this because it's something that we choose to yes. do, right? Naturally, we mm -hmm. want to preserve the property finder brand. To us, the consumer trust is the most important factor. Absolutely. It's far more valuable to maintain, um, you know, consumer's trust in our brand than it is to, um, to earn, you know, to earn a, uh, any income on that mortgage transaction, Correct. you know, given naturally the, the, yeah. the credibility of our brand. Now, that may not always be the practice, right? From a regulatory point of view, what I'm saying is there is no regulation in place that ensures or mandates that a mortgage advisor is providing the right advice. Is there such a, a practice in the UK? Yes. So with every advice and recommendation you give a customer in the UK, and this is something actually interesting that you've mentioned that we're obviously looking to implement um, at Mortgage Finder as well. So whilst we've 
kind of self-regulate ourselves by having some controls and measures to ensure that our consumers are being fairly treated. In the UK, what you have is something called a suitability letter. So you need to be able to justify... A suitability letter. Suitability letter. Okay. So a suitability letter, which is, as I said, something we will implement uh, at Mortgage Finder in the coming months. You got things up your sleeves that You've I don't even know. got things up our sleeves. As I said, it's, it's all to, to protect <laughs> the consumer. So um, what suitability letter does, and because it's a highly regulated environment, it just means that the advice I am giving you as the consumer, I can back why I've given you that advice and recommendation. So it then becomes pretty much legally binding my my suitability and my advice based on the discussion I've had with you. So I can't just sit here and not have a discussion with you as a, as a consumer and just send you an option and proceed with an application without justifying why that lender or why that product in specific is the best option for you. Okay. So this is something we will be looking, as I said, as part of our kind of self-regulating within- And this is, a, this is a regulatory thing in this the UK, it's not here. No, but sorry. maybe we could, um, you know, I've, I've got a, a workshop coming up with the Dubai Land Department. This is something that I really think is worth bringing up. I think we do. Um, we need to. It's definitely something that we should implement um, as quickly that. as possible internally. But I'd love to see it being implemented across the industry um, yeah, just to protect great. the consumers. Now, um, uh, I'll, I'll share with you my, you know, also one of my first frustrations with the mortgage industry here yeah. is um, the application process, right? Yeah. So... In the U.S., you have a uniform or universal mortgage application form. Yeah. Right? Every bank, every broker, every advisor, every intermediate channel uses a form called 1003. In here, you have 25 banks that are actively lending in mortgages. Each one of them has their own application, different formats, different questions they answer. They ask different requirements. What's it like in the UK? Is it like the US or is it like here? No, I'll say it's, it's closer to the US um, in okay. terms of it's a very online platform. And, and generally speaking, the questions are quite uniform across every lender. The only difference is, is that they all have their own digital platform that you use uh, when you are applying for a mortgage application uh, okay. to that lender. So it's all an online journey. Some of them will have slight differences in requirements for documentation, but again, it's nothing. Which some drastic. of our banking partners are starting to implement they are, uh, digital yes. applications. Finally, yes. Um, and uh, mm. I'm, I'm hoping sooner or later everybody is going to go digital. You like yeah. to think so? <laughs> I really like to. I mean, think they need so. to. They need to to be able to support the demand that's coming from there. Now, you know, the the other thing that we choose to do at um, at Mortgage Finder, which is um, supporting home buyers in navigating their purchase contracts, MOUs, yes. etc. Is this common practice in with with UK uh, mortgage advisors? No, and I think this is where we've got a very good practice um, at Mortgage Finder, where we ensure again as part of our kind of consumer and kind of brand protection for that individual, is we review what we call their MOU or the Form F here to ensure there's certain stipulations and protection in place. So should anything happen in terms of the property potentially being downvalued that is not left on the buyer or our customer to have to pay a certain amount or, or a penalty for not proceeding because they can't make up the difference. Okay. So we go over and above to ensure that we support our consumers and, and we don't need to, to be honest, mm. um, but we've got a fantastic uh, loan progression team 
So as well as having our advisors, they, you know, our consumers get that additional support where our loan progression team will work closely with the advisor. So my understanding is not all brokers <clears throat> have a loan progression team in the UAE at least. No, and even in the UK, a lot of, you know, the kind of one-man bands, the two-man bands will mm. essentially manage the end-to-end process without the additional support. Mm. So um, w- what's the what's the latest? Let's talk about, you know, a mortgage in the UK today versus yes. a mortgage in the UAE today. So in, in Dubai now we have rates ranging between four and a quarter percent and five percent. Yes. Depending on, you know, tenure, the bank, uh, uh, requirements, etc. What's it like in the UK? So the UK, that range is actually more around five to six percent. On on average, a five-year fix in the UK is now 5.66%. And that's actually come down in, in more kind of recent weeks and months. Okay. You was floating closer towards an average of around about 6.5% mm. two to three months ago. So on that basis, with yeah. like, let's say a, I don't know, a, a 2 million dirham property, yeah. right? or a 2 million dirham loan, um, just quick math here, um, the difference in your mortgage payment between Dubai and London is minus plus about 10%. Yes. So you pay less, you pay 10% less in Dubai than you do in London. Yep. And you get a bigger apartment. And you get a bigger apartment. And a nicer apartment. Correct. You you probably get 30 With a pool and gym. More. Naturally, you use the gym. I don't use it much. But Well, yeah. I mean, I haven't used it much recently, but yeah. <laughs> so, okay, that's, that's very good. Um, Bigger, nicer apartment, less expensive. Absolutely. That's that's in a nutshell. Yes. Now, uh, going back to mortgages. So after you get, uh, you know, your, your, your pre, you know, you did your application mm-hmm. and your product selection, you work with your advisor. Um, I'm seeing a lot of ads, right, of people saying, you know, we're a hundred times quicker than a bank. Um, and others saying we're, I don't know, we can finish a mortgage in five minutes or one week or two weeks or three weeks. Yeah. <clears throat> what's a, what's the what's the true transaction cycle between the time you apply for a mortgage and the time you close a mortgage? Yeah, so I'm gonna be very honest. Um, there's obviously false advertisement out there, and I don't want our consumers to feel there's this perception that mortgages can be transacted quicker. <clears throat> the reality is, is that. The banks control the pace of the process in most scenarios, whilst, as I said, we can um, accelerate an application process to give it to the bank. At the end of the day, the banks have their own internal procedures which can drive the pace of an application. So from our perspective, generally speaking, if you want to kind of have a quick turnaround from kind of start to finish, you could look at six to eight weeks. There will be the exceptional cases where applications from submission to dispersal, which is completion, um, is, is the terminology when you're looking at the UA to the UK. Um, you, you will get exceptional, you know, cases. I, I remember when, and this was before your days, when I was getting my mortgage, I challenged the team and saying, there's no way it's going to take six weeks, right? I used to do it in the US in 48 hours, no joke. Yeah, 2006, yeah. I was closing mortgages in two to three business days. Yeah. Right? No way it's going to take six weeks. And then I challenged them and challenged them and challenged them. And I realized, yes, in certain cases, maybe one in every 300 cases, if all of your ducks in line, 
you know, the seller is in town and there's no NOC requirement and there's, Correct. you know, there's no mortgage liability and the buyer's got all of their ducks in line, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. You can close a transaction in two to three weeks. Um, but then, yeah, you're, I mean, even from my own experience, um, you, you know, leading a mortgage business, um, it was, I think if I'm not wrong, it was about a six to seven week process. Yeah, yeah. and it's yeah. important to set that expectation as well for our consumers, Agreed. you know, Agreed. by turning around and saying that we can do it 10X quicker. Now, how yes. are valuations treated in the UK um, differently from the UAE? So the, the difference with the, the UK and the UAE, so obviously with the UK, there are quite a lot of products where you'll get free valuation. But in terms of the actual price range, it can be quite similarly aligned to to what you pay in the UAE. Now, what's interesting and probably what I'd say different in the UK is around about 40% of valuations is done by an automated valuation. Okay, So therefore means the valuer physically doesn't go out and therefore an offer can get turned around. At a lot quicker pace than what you get in the UAE. Whereas obviously in the UAE. Are you UAE, telling this to our banking partners? Because I've been screaming about this for a couple of years now. Uh, we, we need to be, not we screaming. Need to be but, I mean, I'm screaming about other things at the yeah. moment. But <laughs> this, this this will be on the on the to-do list with them. Yeah. It's um, 2023. Like it's about time with like certain loan to value that we allow um, automated valuations. Well, we are yeah, property finder are obviously creating like an automated valuation, yep. online valuation system. It's coming live any minute. It's coming now. live soon, yeah. Yep. So you know, the, the fact that the banks can't implement, surely there is a system out there where they can implement all the uh, the transactions that have yeah. occurred in the last six months or a year to drive like an automated valuation. And normally in the UK, if it doesn't meet that automated valuation, because the property, the the, the purchase price is slightly higher than what the valuation is, is normally kind of giving out, then they'll go and do physical valuation. Mm. But where they don't need to, why would they bother? They just base it on the automated valuation, they sign it off to the bank and there's your offer. Yeah. And then the final offer letter, does it happen? Because I, I know, I, and I've, I've heard some drama here where, you know, banks make changes halfway through, um, uh, you know, rates move, et cetera. Yeah. Can a rate, can an interest rate or a bank, a change to a bank product happen from the time you get pre-approved to the time you close? No. So whatever you've been offered is the rate you get offered. So normally an offer is valid for about six months in the UK. So you can hold on to that rate for six months. And the other good thing is, is if rates obviously drop during that period six of time. Six months versus 60 days here. Yeah. 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 And if what happens if the rate drops? So during that period from when you got an offer to completion, mm. if the rates dropped, normally, and this is why I always say a mortgage advisor is good because we do this as well, actually, that if the bank rate has dropped, we will then speak to the bank and ask them to give you the new lower rate, which is can what you, you do can do that here. You can do that with some banks. Yes. Okay, good. Some banks might charge you a fee to change it. Um, but as I said, in, in certainly in the UK, your offer is valid for six months, um, which is, it, it gives you enough time, right? I mean, the transaction doesn't normally take that long to purchase, but if you're buying a new build in the UK, it can do. Now, um, last words or advice, to a, uh, a you know a British family looking to move from the UK to the UAE, on you know maybe on on general advice or on home buying or on mortgages, what would be your advice? Yeah, so look, my my general advice if you're moving from the UK or Europe to to the UAE um, is 
always give it time to settle. Like, you know, when you're making a move from one country to another, it is a big move. It will take time. But always listen to the people around you that have gone through the experience. And I think this is one of the things that I took on board is rather than trying to learn it all myself is I took the advice of the individuals around me, which kind of helped accelerate my settlement within the UAE. When it comes to mortgages, look, it's um, speak to a mortgage advisor, you know, contact us at Mortgage Finder, absolutely. Um, and if not, just speak to an intermediary, get the right advice, you know, trying to do it yourself. It's, it's a very frustrating process. And as an intermediary, we're here to try and facilitate some of that process and take a lot of that burden away from you to be able to ease the, the, the process. And it's, it is, you know, your, as you mentioned early on, it's one of your biggest commitments that you make throughout your life, lifetime. So you want to make sure you get it right. You want to make sure you fall in love with a house. You've got the right lender. You've had the right advice and the right guidance throughout the whole process. And, so you treat your thing. mortgage like you would treat your marriage? I don't know if my wife will agree with that, but yeah, <laughs> you could do. <laughs> uh, Sam Amidi, thank you so very much for joining us. We really enjoyed it. In two years, we've gotten to a point where people can buy a property in less than two minutes. Well, that's fantastic. Uh, upload your passport, proof of